0: This is your coffee break. Hey, friends, I'm back again this week, and I have with me author Monica Lionel, who has written over 20 books under various pseudonyms or pen names. Welcome to the show, Monica. I'm so glad to have you here.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Monica is a very established speaker and provided me with some awesome points that I cannot wait to dive into with you today. But before we do that, Monica, can you tell us a little bit about how you became a writer?
1: Sure. So... um I mean, basically, when I was in school, uh, grade school, and going all the way up through college, I was really into math and science, and I didn't do any of the English stuff. Like, I only took one English class, um, and I just wasn't—I wasn't as into the English side. But I was an avid reader all all through growing up. So when I graduated from college, I was a software engineer, and I was working in corporate. And I felt like it just wasn't right for me. So I started a blog to kind of, it was about, I mean, I was only 22. It was about personal development. Of course, I was so young, like I didn't really know anything oh, yeah. about it. But um, it, was, it was basically a good opportunity for me to learn about myself. So I started blogging um, almost every day. So I would go to work and like I'd get home at six or seven and I would um, I would spend like the next Three or four hours until about midnight, just writing a blog post. And then I would post it, and people would comment on it or whatever. And I would just basically learn about myself and learn about how to write and learn about how to communicate. And so um, from there, it kind of just, it, I think my passion for it just grew. And in 2009, I decided to write a book about um, social media marketing which was a really hot thing in corporate at that time. It was like Twitter had just arrived and nobody knew how to do any of this. And corporations especially were like, oh, like, I don't know how to use all this social (laughs) stuff. So I wrote a book about it. And that helped me transition out of software engineering and into um, digital marketing. And so I basically was like, I don't know, 25 or 26 years old. And I was like the director of digital marketing at like these Inc. 100 companies because they didn't know how to do it. And so they're, you know, they kind of had this vision of like, let's get like this young millennial person um, to do it. So that's how I transitioned. And then um, from there, writing became a much bigger part of my job. And then it was just, it was just a natural progression from there.
0: One of the things that I love to talk about is how much we discover ourselves when we write. And so, boy, I I love that you sort of hit on that. And I love that it also sort of blossomed into a career and really took you into an exciting new place. So a little bit more about sort of where you took this blog, how you got into social media marketing. Eventually, you said you wrote a book. So was that something that came from your blog or can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: I started basically. I, I was a software engineer, but I worked at a lot of um, like startups or smaller companies. And like I said, this corporate like let's do digital media thing was coming up. So I would just kind of butt my head into the marketing departments at these companies. <laughs> um, like anywhere I worked, I would like try to like oh I can do like the social I can do the Twitter account or like you know. So I was starting to. Um, do that. I was starting to understand it. And even though I was supposed to be doing software engineering, I would spend like a lot of time doing marketing kind of instead, which got me in trouble at some of these companies as well. Um, but I just, I started developing a real passion for it. And then I did start writing about it on my blog some, but I mostly like the book itself was from, it was pretty much just from my experience. Um, and so then I was kind of faced with the decision of, um, traditional or independent publishing. And for whatever reason, I just decided to do it independent. It wasn't that, I mean, I didn't try for a traditional deal. It just didn't even occur to me, like, let's do this traditional. And I think a big part of it was that, um, I think I was pretty entrepreneurial and kind of like an upstart type of person. And then uh, with the blog, I kind of felt like I don't I don't need anybody's permission to like write what I want and talk to who I want, you know, so I kind of had that mindset already. And then the, the content, the social media content, it just felt like this is going to change before hmm. the book even gets published. So like how, you know, how can traditional publishing kind of keep up with the changes? So I, for better or worse, I decided to independently publish and um, that, you know, that kind of it it taught me a lot about how to independently publish in general and so that is kind of the direction that i've gone with uh writing in general
0: awesome and you're still happy with that decision
1: i uh, i mean i think it's not a decision by career it's a decision by project mm. so i um up until now i have felt that that was the best decision for most of my projects but i'm starting to see um the benefits of being hybrid. And so for example, there's like this memoir um, that I'd love to write in the next year or two. And I think that I would definitely go for a traditional publishing deal. Um, And there, there's some other stuff like I would take a, so I also write fiction. Um, I write nonfiction. So I write a bunch of different genres. (laughs) Um, But with the fiction stuff, I definitely think I would take a, um, a traditional publishing deal for that. I think um, it, w- it would have to be the right one. But I think that that's something I'll also um, aim for at some point.
0: Well, now that you've mentioned uh, fiction, I really want to ask you about that. What do you write about?
1: So I have a young adult urban fantasy series, uh, and it's, it is under my, it is under Monica Lionel. Um, but it's, it's basically about angels and demons. It's a, uh, it's similar to, um, like thematically similar to something like, um, Cassandra Clare's, uh, mortal instrument series or, um, who else? Uh, you know you know the young adult oh, yeah. scene basically um also like the vampire diaries or like twilight like it's it's got a lot of that um it's kind of like the old school paranormal romance urban fantasy stuff um i think some of the newer stuff in young adult is like siblings and crowns and like, you know, the, the oh, yeah. themes have kind of changed over Um there. You know, dystopian was obviously hot for years. Um But now it's like this Game of Thrones like oh, type yeah. of thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is awesome. And those books are really cool. But I haven't I haven't personally written anything like that. So
0: That's awesome. I'm actually on, I want to say book five of The Mortal Instruments right now. So I love YA. So I'm going to check out your fiction as well. That's very exciting. Um, So how do you find time to do all of this? I feel like you're very busy. You're writing fiction. You're writing nonfiction. You are just churning out books. And you're still blogging as well.
1: Um, I don't spend as much time blogging. So that's definitely one thing, uh, that has kind of fallen to the wayside. I would love to, um, so I've been experimenting with vlogging this year. That said, I haven't published any YouTube videos yet. So my experiment has not gone well so far. That's <laughs> um, the best <laughs> way I could say it. But that's where I think that I'll be moving toward is more, um, of the video stuff. Cause that don't know. It's just really exciting to me right now. Um, I, so I have my business, my main business is the nonfiction stuff. And, um, with the nonfiction, I'm really trying to help authors get their ideas and stories and messages into the world. Um, and so I have a lot of programs around that. So that is probably about 70% of my time. And then the fiction stuff, um, that's about 30% of my time. So it's not, um, I don't, well, I wouldn't compare it It's not quite like I have a nine to five and then I'm working afterwards, but, um, yeah, I don't, I don't spend as much time on that, but that said, I'm able, so I'm able to get a lot of fiction done in a year still. So, so far this year I've done three novels, um, two novellas and a short story. And so that's like, I mean, most people are like, that's a lot, um, Yeah. So a big, a big part of that is that I, back in 2013, I did this long, um, 60 day challenge to, um, systematically increase my writing speed. And I went from 900 words per hour to over 3,600. And so that, that is kind of like my secret sauce for being able to do that on like 30% time.
0: Um, tell me more about this. because this, is, this sounds like the silver bullet for everything.
1: Yeah. So uh, yeah, so 2013, I basically, I basically realized that even though I loved writing, and I was passionate about it, I didn't spend very much of my time doing it. It seemed like um, I was like, I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't getting enough workout. And so especially in fiction right now if you want to succeed, so uh, d- certainly traditional publishing is an option mm-hmm. and that, you know, that's like a great, but even in traditional publishing it's like you got to get them books out. Like, it's not like, you know, it used to be like one book every year, one book every two years. And now it's kind of like, like you see the professional authors, they have their, their schedules are getting more and more aggressive in many ways. Like they're having two or three like huge novels releasing every year. Um, and then you look at like James Patterson or something, he's got like 15, 20 books coming out every (laughs) single year and, like, all these different genres. Um, Nora Roberts, you know, there's some really prolific um, writers. And so you you can just see, like, the prolific writers, they kind of, they're the ones who um, end up having the most, like, external success. So I realized, like, I had been doing it from, like, again, my first book was in 2009 and this was 2013. And so I had realized, like, I I was putting out like a book a year and that was fine but I wasn't getting the traction I needed for independent publishing um mm-hmm. like that's that's like that's like probably fine for like a like if you're doing traditional. Um, But for me, it just wasn't working. And so I was just like, I have to learn how to do this. And I had, um, I've been talking to some freelance writers and I thought I was a fast writer because, you know, i had been blogging and I was like, I can get a blog post in an hour. Like that's pretty fast. And it was like, you know, I was at like, 900, 1,000, sometimes 1,200 words per hour, which I thought was, like, super fast. Yes. So I, ta- <laughs> I talked to these freelance writers, and they're like, oh, I do, like, 3,000 words an hour. And I was like, what? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But I um, I heard it, like, over and over again. And it was because in freelancing, you know, your word count per hour is, like, your, like, your money. Like, you can't. Like, you do not eat unless you can write fast and, like, churn out, you know, like, three assignments a day or whatever. Um, So they kind of were like, oh, yeah, like, this is how fast I write. And I was just – I was blown away by it. But the good thing about it was that it showed me what was possible. And so I was like, if they can write this much, like, where I'm at is not fixed. It's – you know, there it's, it's possible to change that. Mm. And so it was a little uncomfortable, but I said like, I'm going to take on this challenge. It's 60 days. I'm going to learn how to write faster. Um, and so I did basically. And I, I had a tracking spreadsheet. I like you know, I set up experiment after experiment of like, how do I do this? I tested a bunch of stuff. I did a ton of research on it, tested a bunch of different ways. And then I wrote about the whole thing. Um, and it, it's a book called, uh, write better faster. So, um, if you want to check out that whole journey. So I kind of, uh, I kind of, uh, condensed it into like four, four basic things that, um, help you write significantly faster. And then I had this journal at the end that you can read and you can see that like, um, it was really, it wasn't like an overnight thing. It was really like up and down and like lots of days where I didn't write for like days and days in a row, even though this was like my goal and my only focus. And like, I had all day to write, but like, it was like, I could, I I couldn't do it like so it kind of shows like a lot of fears and so a lot of people who have read it they've said you know I can really relate to this because it's not it's not very pretty like uh, it's not very easy it's not you know and so I have the same ups and downs and like this is how this is what was possible and so this is what I could do too or so yeah I love that. I love
0: that. Looking at what's possible and then just smashing through that and... (laughs) going even further. I absolutely love that. And I'll make sure that (laughs) I have a link to your book, well, to multiple other books in the show notes for today's episode. And I cannot wait to snag a copy of that myself because I've also recently joined the ranks of freelance writing and I am just blown away by the volume that you put out. Is there any sacrificing of quality or does that not really matter? Or tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I think that there can be sacrificing of quality and it, it depends. But the thing that people miss is that these two things aren't very related. Like whether like your writing speed is not super connected to your level of quality. So for example, at a slow pace, you can be like, you know, you can have low quality writing and then you can improve your quality and you're still at the same pace of writing. And so that's <laughs> that's what like plenty of us do. Like we've all experienced that, right? Um, so it's the same with the speed. It's like, you can increase your speed and you'll still have, and, and maintain the quality of writing and you can do it systematically, um, by just changing like those little variables. So I think people often equate this thing and they see it as like this spectrum of like, you have to have one or the other. And they really pit these two things against each other. But look, like you can be a bad writer writing slow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and if that's true, like we all know that, right? We've all seen it. like we all know that. so if you if you believe that's true, which you should, because you've seen it, um then you should also believe that you can be a great writer going fast. And so I, I would just say they're not as connected as people think.
0: Boy, I really appreciate you seeing that, and I am just so inspired, and so so inspired now. I said inspired because I looked up and there is a tiny spider on my ceiling. Oh God! Sorry, um, I'm very inspired by that um, to sort of to sort of work on this myself because you're right. You know, I was in website development for years, and I don't know if this is true in software development too. But they, what do they say? You can have there's like this triangle, and you can have it be cheap, you can have it be fast, and you can have it be good, but you can only pick two of those. And so, yeah. I love that you're just kind of shattering that. It's
1: kind of yeah, delightful. yeah. I I've definitely heard that before, and I I think that um, this pair, you know, this dichotomy is really similar, and like people kind of buy into it, but. It, just in my experience, that's not what I see from for many people. So
0: I love it. I love possibility. I love talking about that. We've, we've talked a little bit about productivity. I want to switch gears and talk about something that so many writers are afraid to talk about. And that is prosperity, making money from your work. Can you walk us through um, your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I think that, uh, it's again, another one of those dichotomies. Um, and the best way to sum up the dichotomy is the starving artist, Uh, and that's where, you know, that's kind of what people aspire to. I think sometimes, um, as far as money goes, you have to realize that again, it's not, it's not related. <laughs> it's not, it's not related. So people think, for example, that quality, like the the better your book is the more you're paid or the more you'll make or whatever like that's not true um <laughs> uh, they also think like you know the worse the book is that book shouldn't make money um so the, the reality is that money is tied to, like, it's tied to your mindset and it's tied to um, your actions, primarily in marketing. And so in order to create money, you have to do two things. You have to have an amazing product or service. So you have, you have to have some sort of content. And then you have to have some sort of delivery. And people, especially writers, they're all about the content, 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 content. And they miss this delivery piece. And the delivery piece is like insanely important. It's at least like these two things, they're they're both like, they, they both need to go on the pedestal is the problem. And we often put one on the pedestal and not the other. So you'll see people who have like, and you'll hear this from writers all the time, like a a bad book or whatever, like whatever, however they want to judge the bad book, but it's getting more sales. And that is because the place where that person is adding value is on the distribution side, um, and not on the content side. And so right now, um, if you add value on the distribution side, you can make up for kind of a bad book. Now, this will this is all shifting. Like as the industry grows and is more mature, um, we're seeing that you really need both. Um, at this point, you have to have both the marketing and the content to do well. But before, it was it was very much like if you had the marketing, like most other people only had the content, so you know, you were able to do okay. So that's, that's kind of, um, where you need to shift your mindset. And the good thing about the distribution, a lot of people think like, uh, oh, marketing, like I'm not good at that or I'm not good enough or I feel scammy or like they have all these like deep seated beliefs about this. Um, and you know, it's, it's worth your time and it's valuable to break through those beliefs. Um, and, and when you do, what you'll realize is that marketing is like this beautiful opportunity for a writer. Um, it's, you know, most of marketing is about a message. And most of writing a book is also about a message and most of marketing is about like telling amazing stories and you already know how to do that. And so, um, there's like this beautiful, um, alignment or syncing up when you, uh, when you kind of break through some of those really, they're like, they're really mindset barriers. I mean, it's not, and it's just and it's so quick to break through them as the other thing. Like you don't have to like suffer for like years thinking about this. <laughs> it's like you really just need to talk to someone who loves marketing and like understand how they think about it cuz like when i think about marketing, i think you know, i've worked so hard on this book and there's this reader who needs this book and who needs to hear what i'm saying and like it's my job to connect that reader to this book and not to, not to connect them in like, cause this is the other thing is don't connect them in like this clingy way. Like a lot of people, they have like attachment Mm -hmm. to the outcome of this. So it's not saying like, ah, buy my book. Like you've got to read this. This is amazing. It's not like that. It's like, Hey, you know, I see the problem that you're having, and this book can help you. And, you know, if you want to get it, go get it. Like, yeah. and it's just like this total attachment de- or detachment to, the outcome. Like if that person wants to get it, they can, if they don't, it's fine. Maybe they'll come back to it later. Maybe they won't, maybe they'll find someone else who makes more sense for them to hear this message from. Cause the other thing is you're not the only one telling the story or telling this message. Um, and different people resonate with other people. And so you can't get attached to like, I want everyone to like me because it's it's okay. (laughs) Like like some people are going to like you. Some people are going to like someone else and like connect with someone else more. And it's totally fine. Like you don't have to worry about it. I started
0: out my writing career too. I was like, I'm going to write for the sake of creating art and I'm not going to sell out to anybody. And and I think a lot of writers get that from whatever higher education they have or whatever um, whatever books they read about being an artist and being a writer for art's sake. And we get trapped in, into into thinking that if we build it, they will come, you know, sort of the um,
1: field of dreams. Thank you. My gosh. <laughs>
0: and there's this like field of dreams mindset that, oh, I released this book into the wild. Obviously, everybody's going to know about it, but they're not. They're not. Mm-hmm. And I love the way that you framed marketing as a way for people to find your work. People who need to read what you're doing can find it. I want to talk a little bit about another way because I think that being um, opposed to marketing is a form of self sabotage. But I would like to talk about it maybe in its purer form, and um, I would just love to hear your thoughts on how and why we sabotage ourselves as writers.
1: So the thing that people don't always understand about writing or becoming an author is that it's a journey and it's a transformation, and. Um, as humans, we really hate change and we really hate transformation. <laughs> like we do, we do not. Because transformation, the only way to get the transformation is through growth, and growth um, requires, like, so some people say, growth requires pain. I, I tried not to frame it like that. I believe that growth requires discomfort or us getting out of our comfort zones. And so the self-sabotage, it's really just kind of like our ego pushing back on us. Like, so we're, you know, we're trying to write, we're trying to grow, we're trying to be a different person. Right. Um, so if we're somebody like, if you're somebody who hasn't written a book, you're trying to become somebody that has written a book yes, and that that's a different person. That's like a different, um, it's like an elevated version of yourself because the, the person who has written a book, like they woke up at 6am before their job and wrote for 30 minutes and did this like three days a week or five days a week, even though their kid was crying. Um, so that's a different person than you are now probably. And so To do that, you have to, you're going to go through a transformation and it's going to require some discomfort. And so everything around you, like your environment and like sometimes people as well. And I don't, I don't say that in any sort of judgmental way, but sometimes people, um, they, they don't want you to change. Like a lot of people don't want you to change. They, they like who you are to them right now. Um, your environment doesn't want you to change. Like, cause if you, you know, like if you change and you become this other person, like maybe you don't like your office anymore. Maybe you don't like where you live anymore. Um, and then like now there's all this change that's going to happen. And so, um, there are lots of things in your life that don't, they don't, it doesn't, it's like kind of blocking you from that change that you would have to make to get to this, um, new goal. And that's what the self-sabotage is. And so you see it in so many places with writing specifically, you see it in like four main places. One is around money. Um, money, money is, It's basically just tied to value and we as writers, like we struggle with value, like in all artists, we struggle, we struggle with like, how do we value ourselves in this system of like art and like patronage? Um, The second one is like the, am I good enough? um, wheel of death is
0: basically (laughs) what I would call it.
1: Like the spinning, like we all know, like those, those thoughts just spinning in our head over and over again. And am I good enough comes in like 5 million forms, um, of like, what if no one reads my work or what if I get rejected by this person or this agent or whoever? Um, and then the third, the A third one is the writing habits. So this is like when you're actually sitting down and trying to write and you feel like butterflies in your stomach and you feel like fear in your heart of just like what you're saying or like you're afraid like you're you're writing but like editing yourself at the same time um or like you're supposed to write but like you can't sit down for those 10 minutes to do it and you come up with all these excuses of like I'll write tomorrow I'll write tomorrow um then the fourth one is the marketing stuff that we talked about of just um and again like they all kind of go together too so like when it comes to marketing the value piece is gonna come into it um like with the money and with that am I good enough and with like like all of it's gonna come in and so they kind of all they kind of all go together but um you know those are those are the areas that you're going to self sabotage yourself in but the great thing is that again it's like a skill set that you can build to get past them so you can go you can work through the blocks and all of these different areas and like kind of flip your switch on them and we've we've talked about a few of them just even on this um interview but you can flip the switch on them and then you're able to kind of move through them um and you're able to I guess, um, either move further on your journey of transformation or complete your journey of transformation through that.
0: Oh my gosh, that is powerful stuff. So if you identify yourself maybe in this self sabotage circle, I like what you said, the circle of death, or the wheel of death, what is what is one step that you can take to begin to claw your way out of that?
1: yeah um, I think with self sabotage, the problem is that you're thinking like it's it's not always something you can solve at um the mind level um mm-hmm. or necessarily by yourself. so sometimes you can and a lot of a lot of people do break through um eventually. Uh, and so, so sometimes you have to like kind of shock your system. So like Mm. I said, like the way I broke out of those writing habit issues is that I did the challenge. And so I just like, I, and like the challenge, what it did is it like, it forced me to set goals. It forced me to have a schedule. It forced me out of my current habits and routines. It forced me to experiment. So like that, that was kind of a shock of my it, 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 sh- it shook up everything mm-hmm. and so um if you think about it it makes so much sense right you're shaking up your environment you're shaking up your relationships with people you're shaking up your relationship with yourself um you shake up all the stuff so then you're able to move through it like because yep. we just uh, we were just saying that like all these things are gonna kind of block you you're opening Together. yourself up to change Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're opening exactly You're and you're kind of like forcing the change and saying like, Oh, it's only going to be for 30 days or whatever. You're like tricking your mind. Like, okay, we're going to change for just these 30 days. But then sometimes that changes, you know, it becomes everlasting. Um, so then the other thing I would do is find somebody that, Um, is in a different mindset about it than you so for example Mm -hmm. if you you know if you're if you're working on your first book find someone who has written like three books already (laughs) and because that's somebody who has experience with everything you're going through and so you can talk to them and you can ask questions you can say like why you know I keep saying I'm gonna get up every day and write this book why am I not doing it and I'm trying to write the book for like two hours every morning and like me as somebody who has written a lot of books, would say, well, that's crazy. Like, you're not going to be able to write your book for two hours every morning. That's just nuts. Like, start by writing your book for, like, 10 minutes every morning. Um, Because that's a change that your system and that your world can handle. And so that's something that I could tell somebody in, like, two seconds. But they could spend, like, three months trying to do this, like, this approach that's just not really going to work that well for them or is not likely to work that well for them. So if you talk to somebody who's done the things that you want to do, they'll they'll help you. They'll just kind of cut through these mindset blocks very quickly for you um, because they they just already they can they can look at your plan and immediately be like, that's just not going to work. Like, here's a new plan that is going to be that's going to work better.
0: I love this. I've talked before on the show about how important it is to have a writing mentor in your life, and that just reframes that, and it it just sets it up so perfectly, and and it's a new aspect of a writing mentor as an agent of change in your life, and I love talking about writing as a journey, but also as a transformation, and yeah, sometimes you need help getting through that. You need someone to lead you through the darkness, so... I want to make sure that I'm respectful of your time. And I don't keep you uh, here all day, even though you're just so wonderful and insightful. I'd absolutely (laughs) love to. Um, But (laughs) where can people find you online? Where can they buy your books, all of that good stuff?
1: So um, the series is called the Growth Hacking for Storytellers series. And you can go to prosonfire.com slash GHFS. And that'll take you to the series. And so it's it's prosonfire.com slash G-H-G-F-S, which is growth hacking for storytellers, um, just to kind of clarify those letters. <laughs> um, and then the other place is that I, um, I've i been working on my mission of just helping more people get their stories and their ideas and their messages out into the world, both fiction and nonfiction. So my work there is at theworldneedsyourbook.com, and you can go there and sign up um, for the newsletter
0: I love that URL, theworldneedsyourbook.com. That is beautiful. Monica, you are wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom and your own journey with us today. This has just been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your time.
1: Yeah, thank you so much.